Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Menares, and I'm passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. This week on the We Podcast, my guest is Betsy Paik. Betsy is a master neurolinguistic programming coach. She holds multiple certifications in emotional freedom technique, hypnotherapy, happiness coaching, and the infinite life coaching program. She also is an author of several books and programs that help people make substantial changes in their lives. She has a podcast called The Art of Living Big, which is amazing. She's also a mom, wife, and just an overall ray of sunshine. She makes me laugh, and I love her view on growth and moving forward. She shares a piece in this interview of the challenging parts of her story and talks about the loss of her mother when she was 16, as well as facing struggles with her daughter's mental health. I know you will love this interview and will take valuable pieces away with you to incorporate into your own life. So here we go. Here is my interview with Betsy. Welcome, welcome, Betsy Paik. So excited to have you here. We have been trying to make this happen for a couple of months now, I feel like, and so it's amazing that it's come together and that I get to have you as a guest on the show. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to be able to chat with you and hear more about your story and what you do. I, I've listened to your podcast a few times. So you have a podcast called The Art of Living Big, which is amazing. <laughs> it's so fun, isn't it, to have a show and get to t- tell everybody what you think about life? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. You're actually my first guest who also has a podcast. So Oh, cool. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for exchanging or giving me some tips beforehand too. (laughs) I know, right? We got to help each other, right? It's so true. So true. But yes, I love what you do. I love what you stand for. I love what you teach. And so I can't wait for my listeners to be able to get to know you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of a um, not super structured format. This is really an opportunity for us to kind of just get to know you and your story. Really a platform to share our story and our truth because I believe that other people heal from that as well and that there's just huge power in knowing that we're not alone. So you want to kind of start out by just telling us about you and your journey. And I know it's a lot to ask in such a short amount of time. I know, right? Like, let me tell you the journey. So 
Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because where I am right now is like so different from where I started out, like when I graduated from college and what I thought I was going to be doing, right? Like so many people. Mm. Um, But I had a career for about 20 years in sales and really, really liked that. It was a lot of fun. I always worked for great companies and it was really good. But about six years ago, um, my daughter was struggling and I just knew that I couldn't continue to travel all the time. And so it's interesting because what I did was I quit my job and I opened a CrossFit gym. Now, at the time, I really love CrossFit. I was CrossFitting before CrossFit was a thing, like before it was Reebok, you know? Uh-huh. Or, yeah, Reebok. Um, but once I did that, I realized that I did it because everybody said, oh, you should open a CrossFit gym, right? And don't we do that? Like we just listen to, well, if they think I should, that's probably what I should do. No, totally. And so it made sense to me, really. So it was a decision that I made to to open the gym. Um, And it was great. I met a lot of great people. But within about three years, I just, I was drained because when we're not really living our purpose, we're drained every day. And like things just weren't, I mean, I just didn't feel excitement for life. And I remember I woke up one morning, like really early before the rest of my family was awake. And I went downstairs and I like threw myself on the couch and we have like these skylights, you know, and big windows up high in my house. And I remember I kind of fell back on the couch. So I was looking out the window at the sky and I said like out loud, like, is this it? And then I felt very old because you always hear like old people, <laughs> like, is, this it? is this all there is to life? But I was saying it and, mm-hmm. and I heard like Betsy, if you could do anything today, what would you do? And it was a weird moment because I, I thought I, it opened up like this space for me to be creative and to not care what, I didn't have to tell anybody. I just had to like, write it all down. And I wrote and wrote and wrote like for a couple hours, like exactly what I would do. So I knew like what, who I would be hanging out with, like what kind of work I would be doing, what my family would be doing, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. And, um, my husband came downstairs that morning and looked at me like, you know, you can tell when something's been happening. (laughs) And he, he looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I said, I have written out like my perfect life. And it's all here on paper and it's nothing like the life I have. And I remember he like leaned over my notebook and and he was like, are are you still married in there? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm still married. Like that's, I still have the kid and I'm still married, but that's it, you know? And Mm. so really at that moment, I just started to make changes. Now it was small changes because that's not the kind of thing you can just like uproot and change everything. I mean, I was... 41 years old, probably at the time. And so, um, yeah, just started slowly making changes, putting a plan in place. After about four or five months, I sold the gym and, um, just started work moving into coaching. So as I owned the gym, I also had a nutrition certification and was working with people in their nutrition, but it is never about the food. Right. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was really a really easy transition to go from coaching people about food to coaching people about their life to just moving, you know, moving forward to what my vision was of just really impacting people on a much, much larger scale. Mm -hmm. So 
that's really the journey of how I got here. But I think the most important thing was that I, once I got a clear vision, that's when things started to shift. And once I listened to myself, instead of just listened to like what I thought I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. I would listen to what other people thought I was supposed to do, but really shut them out and thought, what, what is right for me? And so, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of the journey. So that's how I got here today. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's so huge. I can totally identify with you on that. Uh, I've done lots of things where it's like, hmm, yeah, this isn't very enjoyable. And every time it comes back to doing it because maybe somebody else told you to or thinks you should or whatever, and how easily we get into that. I think that's... Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I think, I believe that the universe lines you up when you're listening, the -hmm. universe lines you up for where you have to be. And when I stopped and listened to that voice, it, you know, it told me I wasn't supposed to have this CrossFit gym and that I was supposed to be working from home, that I was supposed to be doing all these other things that, that felt right. And I don't know, maybe at that time, remember I said I started the CrossFit gym because I felt like my daughter really needed me. But as it turned out, she needed me more and more. And she was, is mentally ill and had some real struggles. Um, and I think as I look back, oh, that's why. That's part of the reason why I'm supposed to be doing this work and having the business in the way that I do was so that I could really help her get to a place where now like she's doing great and will live a wonderful life, you know? But mm-hmm. if, I had, if I had continued, if I had continued working a sales job where I was traveling all the time, like I never would have been able to see the signs that I did and to recognize the things that I did and to be here like I've been. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hard times come for everybody and life is not a simple linear path, right? But if we can stay true mm-hmm. to listening to that voice over and over again, it puts us right in the right spots to be able to handle whatever it is and learn the lessons from whatever it is that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Wouldn't we love for it to be linear though? <laughs> oh God, like just like margaritas and beach all the time. <laughs> yes, I know. And your love for the beach. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's your goal, right? To move closer yeah. to the beach. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because that's been my goal. Like, I mean, that's all I talk about. Right. And it's been all I've talked about for like 13 years. I mean, something ridiculous. Right. So like when my kid graduates from high school, I'm going to move to the beach. And I went to the beach like three weeks ago with my husband. And when we were there, all of a sudden I was like, I don't think I want to move to the beach. And he was like, looked at me like I had lost my ever loving mind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, because your hair is, because it's too humid for your hair. I was like, no, no, no. I mean, that's part of it. But really, I realized that I wanted to go to lots of different beaches. You know what I mean? Mm. Not just one. I wanted to be able to like go to lots of different places and experience different cultures and do stuff. And if I just had a beach house, then I might just stay put. So it's really nice that the universe doesn't give us what we want the moment we say we want it. <laughs> it's true. That is yeah. so true because it needs to evolve more. Yeah. I needed Mm -hmm. contrast. Yeah. 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 And so that's That's what's great about the bad stuff. You know, like that's, what's great about owning a gym and finding out it sucked, you know, like I've got contrast. So then I knew, wow, really what I want is a business where I I'm not stuck in one place. 
And mm -hmm. so almost interesting that then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I realized I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to move around. So do my business where I could move around, which I never could have gotten to that point if I'd had a business that was like, you know, a brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm. So it all comes around, you know, it all comes around. You don't, you don't even have to know how it's going to work out. You just have to know what the end result is, how you want to feel. So true. Well, yeah. And it does, it changes as, as we go. And I think it's huge to be able to be open to those changes and, and not, I think a lot of people would be like, I can't let this change because I've been wanting to move to the beach for 13 years and now, oh my gosh, who am I? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I have to stick to that same thing because it's, it's scary to let it change or more. And cause I've told everybody, else. right. Yeah, I've told everybody that's what I want to do. And my husband, like, he was like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> But you're totally but okay learned. with it. Yeah, totally. Like I yeah. was like, this is really good. What's next? How does it get yeah. better than this? Uh-huh. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's learned That's what? A, he, well, he's learned to just go with the flow, you know? He just does his thing and like Betsy's going Betsy's gonna to stay true to whatever her path is. So I'm just going to be okay with it, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've lived the other way. So I know how struggling that is. I don't want to go back. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my husband's right there too. Like, what's the crazy thing you're doing next? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fine. It keeps life interesting, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so take us back a little bit. Like, where did you grow up? Where are you from? What was your upbringing like? Kind of what's your journey been even prior to yeah. your your um, kind of awakening, so to speak, as far as wanting to have a different life than you had. Yeah. You know, I, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but I grew up in Vermont, like right on the Canadian border, like not too far outside Montreal, you know, in mm -hmm. the United States, but in Vermont. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I lived there. I went to college there. When I was in high school, my mom I don't even, do you know this? You might know this, that my mom got in a car accident and died when I was a 16 years old. No. And so that really changed so many things about my life. And you know what? I think that it made me see the world. Obviously it made me see the world a little bit differently than my peers did because they just hadn't experienced that. But I think it also made me, when I have felt like I'm ready to change, I have always felt like I'm fearless in the change. And I, I have wondered if it comes from that mm. of not just knowing like, well, we could die at any minute. We should do the thing, but to really know, you know, like my mom was 41. So to mm. really know what that's like, mm -hmm. to really know it could really end. I have a you know, palpable experience with that. And yeah. so um, I went to college there in Vermont and then I moved to the South and I've lived in Washington, D.C. and Nashville and um, Charlotte, North Carolina and, and here in Atlanta. So, yeah. So it's interesting. Sometimes I think that when I talk to people and they see me now or they know me now, and I've had people say to me, well, yeah, Betsy, but my life is so different than yours. Or I can't do that because, you know, you've got, you know, it's easy for you. <laughs> and I think, you know, we all have 
stories, like I've had extreme wonderful things happen to me and tons of advantages, right? Mm -hmm. So going to college was not an issue. I had loads of support and that's huge, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also had lots of hurt and things to work through. And, um, and so I think that nobody's life, no matter what we put on Instagram, (laughs) nobody's life has been this like perfect thing, but that's what makes it so incredible. I think Mm -hmm. of this life as like, it's like a game, you know, and we get to play in it. And so even though when the bad stuff happens, I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what's going to come out of this because hmm. this is awful. So something really good must be coming, you know? Yeah. 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 That's an amazing, amazing perspective. I totally agree. I think we have ups and downs and we have things that are really hard and people tend to talk mostly about the ups rather than the downs. And I think that's why sometimes we get so isolated because when people are only talking about all the amazing, wonderful things that have happened, then we don't really get the full picture of who they are or what they've been through or what their experiences have been. And I think Then we can see, look at Betsy. Wow. Like her mom died when she was 16. She's had these huge challenges in her life. That's inspirational, right? For me to be able to try and have the same perspective of, wow, look what's something must be coming (laughs) next. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that our stories, you know, and I've talked openly about my daughter with her permission, she's a teenager, Mm -hmm. but with her And I've told um, my experience, you know, so not necessarily her story. Someday she'll be ready to tell her story, but I've told my experience with it, like as a caregiver and as a mom and as a woman that's trying to build a business and maintain a home and be a good wife, you know, all of these pressures of life and how do you go through that? And, you know, when we were in the thick of it and really trying to help her and figure it out. Um, and you know, when I talk to people they, and they hear my whole story, they think, oh my God, when you lost your mom, that must've been awful. And yeah, it was, but it was nothing like having your kid suffering and her, it was nothing the same. It was nothing. Even though Mm. I was a kid when my mom died, like it was nothing like it. And there were moments where I like sat on the edge of the tub, you know, and like bawled my head off. But here was my rule is that if I felt the emotion Because what do we do? We label emotions, right? I have good emotions and I have bad emotions. Mm -hmm. Like I just have emotions and I'm going to let them all out. So if I'm happy, you are going to know it. And if I'm sad, I'm going to let it out. And so I didn't care. I'm a, I like to weight lift. And so I have a whole like system in my garage and I was out one day in my garage lifting. And as I was just about to start, so the weight, the barbell is on the ground I just felt like bawling. I was so sad about it, grieving about what was happening to her. Hmm. So I just sat on the ground and cried and cried and cried. Well, my neighbor walked by (laughs) walking her dog (laughs) and she's like, sees me on the ground with the barbell on me. Do you know what I mean? Like bawling my head off. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just experiencing my emotions. (laughs) Luckily she knows me. So she's like, okay, Betsy. But I think that we label things as good or bad, just let them out because Mm -hmm. they want to come out. And if you don't let them out, they're going to keep showing themselves to you forever. 
Yeah. And then they're going to get stuck in your body somewhere causing dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And so that's my rule. That's my rule is that when you feel it coming, no matter the emotion, it's not good or bad. It's just an emotion. Let it out. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> your neighbor. I can imagine being your neighbor walking by. What is happening? <laughs> and then she's like, it's just Betsy. It's fine. She's a little weird. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think that is one of the biggest issues in our society today probably is that we try and run from what we label as bad emotion. Um, That's something I talk about in my parenting course actually is labeling good and bad and that they're not either good or bad. They're comfortable and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, But we run as far and as quickly and as fast, you know, however, like (laughs) as we can from those uncomfortable emotions. Mm -hmm. And so there's such power in what you're saying. And I feel like if people could just learn to do that and have help and listen and, and allow people to guide them in learning to do that, that there would be a really big shift Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Well, because what do we do if we shove it down, like we keep it and harbor it in our tissues. And then I believe that's how we get sick Mm -hmm. or we hot potato it. Like, I don't want this. So I'm mad at you here. You take it. Right. And we hot potato, you take it. And so something little could happen. And all of a sudden we like throw the hot potato at somebody, but really it's not even about what they did or said or how they were acting. It's because you've got all this stuff that you haven't dealt with. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think like to have, everybody wants good relationships, you know, everyone wants to feel connected to other people. But if you've got a hot potato in your hands, like it's really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that analogy. (laughs) One of the things that I, I think is so powerful is the words that you say after I am. And so for me, the words that come after I am you know, are like powerful, like I am powerful. I'm super resilient. Hmm. And so when I am those things, I'm able to handle it, things in a different way, right? Because then the environment doesn't matter. The environment doesn't matter. Other people's behavior doesn't matter because I'm resilient. I'm strong. I'm all of these things that I, if I truly believe that's who I am, Mm -hmm. then those other things don't make a big difference. Like if you think about it, and I use this example with my coaching clients a lot is that, you know, you want to lose weight because people come to me a lot and they'll say like, I just, I just want to lose weight. So I'm going to change this behavior and I'm going to join a gym. So I have a different environment, right? So they're changing those conscious things, those behavior environment, all those things, but their I am isn't, isn't right. Mm -hmm. Their I am is not that they're a thin person or an athlete or any of those things, their I am is still the same. And so you can't rely on motivation. So after what, four weeks, six weeks, maybe the behavior and the environment don't matter because your I am is what really needs to be. Mm -hmm. And that's some of the work that I really love to do with people. 
I like to get in there and tinker around. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what's so fun for me because that is what's so powerful. And people see a huge difference and a huge shift in their life when they start to view themselves differently. You know, that's why people that win the lottery lose all the money, right? Like statistically, that's proven. It's because their I am is that I'm broke. I'm broke. I got to buy lottery tickets and hope for the best, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, once you can change that, you can change everything. So that would be a great thing if somebody's yeah. listening and they have want to change their life. Figure out what would be the person who has the life you want. What would their I am be? Mm-hmm. Get clear on that. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it too, because I, you know, I talk to a lot of women and a lot of times they'll talk about feeling when they look at somebody else's life that they want, feeling jealous or um, not happy for them. And that self-comparison, feeling bad about your own self, that's a really good way to shift that. And this is what I really admire about them. And this is what I really want for my own life. And so I'm going to choose to believe this about myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that when you see people and you're jealous, it's just, I think it's two things. I think it's a really huge clue of what you want. And I think it's a really huge clue of what you're supposed to have. Because Mm. I don't believe you desire, desire, the word desire, the root of it actually means from the father. So I believe desire actually comes to us from the universe. And if we Mm. feel it, we recognize it because we see it in somebody else. If it makes us feel jealous, be really excited. Go, ooh, hot damn, that must be for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. (laughs) That is so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we feel like a lot of times, and I am on a health journey, um, (laughs) we do look at like using this for an example Uh, where we're at instead of where we want to be. So Mm -hmm. I can't say I'm healthy or I'm skinny or I'm whatever until I get to this certain place, right? And so then we hold ourselves to these standards, but then we can't get there because we can't change the way we think about ourselves in order to get there. Yeah. So two things. One is you can say, every day I'm working to be healthy and strong. You know, you can change the way you're saying it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that, you know, I'm a big fan. I do NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which is really like the study of how your mind works, Mm -hmm. not what you're doing, but how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And, And also I'm a hypnotherapist. So one of the things that I really love to do is to have people really investigate what it is their I am would be. And then to be able to get you in a place like all hypnotherapy is, is where a place where you're really relaxed and your brain waves had have slowed to a place where you're more suggestible, right? But you can do this yourself. I think it's, there's a lot of benefits to having somebody guide you, like, you know, having a coach in anything, Mm -hmm. but you can do this yourself. And I can tell you real quick how to do it. Can I do it? Sure, yeah. So if you're sitting, so many times we have this fluvial vision, like where we're looking at the computer or we're looking at words on a paper or we're really focused, right? It's a narrow focus. Mm -hmm. We can actually slow down those brain waves if I'm just sitting, like I'm just sitting here, but I'm going to look up about 20%. So my eyes are kind of looking up. 
And then I take a big deep breath in and then I start to expand my awareness to my peripheral vision. It's called hakalau. The Hawaiians call it hakalau. So you're mm. expanding your perception. So now all of a sudden you're like, holy smokes, like I can see, I mean, not all the way around me, but if you put your hands out, you can see really far around. And so when you start to notice that and you just continue to focus on your breathing, you start to notice that everything seems slower. Now, when you lower your brain waves, you're actually beginning to connect your consciousness and your unconsciousness, which if you, wanna, if you want to achieve any goal, those things have to be congruent. What your subconscious thinks about you has to be congruent with what you consciously want. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when you get in Hakalau, you're relaxed enough, and then you can start to tell yourself the things that you want. Now, don't tell yourself lies. Don't tell yourself like, I weigh 100 pounds, you know, or whatever your goal is. But tell yourself, I'm a person worthy of being at my perfect weight. And I know that my body works to create that perfect weight every day. You know, I, you can hear my voice all of a sudden going into my hypno voice. But, you know, I, I search out healthy food and vegetables. And when I go to the store or if I go to a restaurant, I'm drawn to things that will help me bring myself to my natural weight. So give yourself those suggestions. But if you're just doing it consciously all the time, it's not enough. Like you mm -hmm. could, you'd have to do it for a long time, you know? You'd have mm -hmm. to do it for a long time. But if you can get yourself to where you're in a trancey state, I call it, Mm -hmm. then you'll be way more susceptible. Now your body naturally does this as you're going to sleep. You know when you're kind of like almost asleep? So do it then. Make that be your regular pattern of what you mm -hmm. do. So mm -hmm. yeah. you can really start to change who you think you are. And yeah. then you'll make your behavior and your environment won't matter. That's awesome. So tell me what the difference is between hypnotherapy and meditation. So a little bit different with the brainwave states, but you absolutely, when you do like a guided meditation, mm -hmm. if you ever done those, that mm -hmm. you're being hypnotized. So okay. meditation is typically where I'm not, I'm trying to not think of anything. Like that's truly meditation. If you're listening to a guided meditation, you're really doing a guided hypnosis and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Even if I'm guiding you through it, you're mm -hmm. still allow. you're in total control all the time. So you're allowing that to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. So the difference is really that you're thinking consciously about something or a story being walked along or okay. you're just in no, you know, trying to be no thought or just simply a piece of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I think that's a good, good differentiation for people for sure. So yeah. One of the podcasts that you did that I listened to was the one about, and I know you've done a lot, so you might not totally remember. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm sometimes I'm like, I said that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. I can't believe I said that. It's good. <laughs> I'll have clients come in and be like, you know, last session you told me blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, amazing. <laughs> yes. You're like, I love that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's when you know you're being guided from someone else to say things when right. you don't quite remember. Yeah. But one of your episodes, and I should have went back, sorry, and found the number, but you okay. talked about the vibration, you talked about vibration and you talked about the sound waves, mm -hmm. which I found completely fascinating. Yes. How 
changing that vibration. And I, you know, as I'm talking about it, I'm like, I need to go back and listen to it again. But that's a lot of what you do too, right? Is, is the, the vibration and helping people with their vibration? Or can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, really that particular show, um, I was talking about so many times when we're talking about something like where I'm vibrating from, that seems so like woo woo or hocus pocus, right? So sometimes like a visual of a science experiment is so helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think that people don't realize that so much of like the law of attraction stuff is actually scientifically proven with your things happening in your subconscious. So there's a reason for all of this thing all of mm-hmm. these things. So that particular episode, there was, uh, and, and you can find it. And I think I may have linked to the video, but there's a YouTube video where they put some sand on a metal plate and they vibrate the metal plate at a certain frequency. And it doesn't matter if you have 15 metal plates vibrating at that same frequency, the design that begins to show up in the sand is exactly the same. And then if you changed it by just one degree, the design would be a little bit different. And so that's what your frequency is like. So if I want to, if I want to be Tony Robbins, the female version of Tony Robbins, then I just have to figure out how he, what's, what's his frequency? How does he vibrate? Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me as a coach, doing NLP, NLP, there's a lot of modeling stuff. So how does he do this? How, you know, what kinds of things, but most importantly is how does he think? Now here's where I go with it is what is his, I am like, what does he believe about himself? What does he believe to be true? And how does he operate from that? That's his vibration because your vibration does not come from your consciousness. It's coming from your unconsciousness. And I think when people saw like the secret Mm -hmm. And I liked that movie, but people saw that and then they thought, well, I have to just think these good things and then I'll get those good things. And that's totally accurate, but it's not about thinking from your consciousness. It's about thinking from your unconsciousness. So your consciousness is only 5% of what you think. So if you're like concentrating on like, I really would like to um, have my body be my optimal weight. As soon as I stop thinking about that, 95% of me is just running a a pattern that I've had forever that says I don't, I'm not at my optimal weight. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. So, so really just learning how to change your vibration at a subconscious level is what's going to be so powerful for people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's lots of different ways to do that. The hawk allow and getting in there and, and working on it yourself is going to be way more impactful than just doing an affirmation while you're driving in the car. There's nothing wrong with those things. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying in terms of effectiveness, you want to be vibrating at the plate and have your sand design be exactly like, you know, Tony Robbins or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Then that's, that's how you have to, that's just a really great visual to be able to see how that's done and why that is. You know, if Mm -hmm. my organs are all vibrating at something different, like my liver vibrates, this is science, my liver vibrates different than my stomach. If my stomach was vibrating exactly like my liver, it would be a liver. So the vibration Mm -hmm. that everything in the world has a vibration, my table, my candle, my water bottle, it all has a vibration and it's all a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So 
So I don't want to vibrate exactly like Tony Robbins. <laughs> I want to be the Betsy Paik. I want, you know what I mean? Like I want to be Betsy Paik, but yeah. I want to be able to understand how he thinks and how I can incorporate that into my own life and how that would work. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I, think, I think that's just so powerful for people, you know, is to just to, to be able to understand that it's not just what you're thinking as you're walking around. And if you want to talk to your subconscious, let me ask you this. And when I ask you this, I don't want you to think of a white beach house with black shutters. Okay. <laughs> so what did you just think about? <laughs> a white, white beach, beach house, house with black, with black right? shutters. Yeah. That's how your subconscious communicates with you. And so if you say, I want to lose weight, what have you trained yourself to do? To not lose weight. I mean, to not lose things in your life. Your subconscious knows that you are supposed to keep track of stuff or your parents would get mad at you. You don't want to lose stuff. But then you go, I want to lose weight. And your subconscious goes, wait, 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 wait. I want to lose. I don't, if I lose it, I got to find it. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So then what do we do? We lose weight and then we find it. Yeah. (laughs) So I always tell my clients, don't use the word don't. Don't say I I don't want debt. Say I want to have a zero balance in my, Mm -hmm. my credit cards. Mm-hmm. Tell it what you do want. I want to feel my optimal weight and have it be effortless. Yeah. That's really what you want, right? Right. Yeah, so to, totally. So speaking to your subconscious in the way that your subconscious understands, it wants to be directed. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could keep going. I could go for two hours. Talking oh, about no. That. I love it so much. <laughs> no, we love listening. We love listening to it, though. It's helpful. I, I mean, I... I think of this as kind of like speaking life over yourself. And this is something that I teach in parenting as well, is when you're asking children to change a behavior, you don't tell them what you don't want them to do. You tell them what you do want them to do mm-hmm. and, and how, how different that is and how much better they respond when you're speaking life over them, you're speaking positivity over them. I know that you're going to be amazing at cleaning your room later today rather than you suck and you never clean your room. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's easier for us to see when we take it outside of ourselves, I think, mm-hmm. and a little harder when we're talking about our own self. Yeah. We can be so mean to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like if a friend said some of the things I've said to myself, they would not be my friend. That's <laughs> so I do true. It, no, yet I do it to myself mm-hmm. and I'll catch myself and I'll be like, oh, dang, I got to watch that, you know, but it all, we all do it. We all have that. But I think that's great what you said about thinking about it in terms of like a child, what you would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could take it to your whole inner child. If you don't feel like you can quite be nice to yourself what, what would you, can you be nice to yourself as a little child? I think, uh, I had a guest who talked about taking a picture of your two-year-old self and putting it on your mirror, um, because you would not say anything mean to that little (laughs) two-year-old. Yes, I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm going to take that one. (laughs) (laughs) Take it, take it. Yes. It's amazing. So you had said something earlier that kind of sparked my mind because I'm in the process right now of reading the book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, so good. 
Yes. So good. It was the desire thing. Yes. Is that what, is I, that what you were going to say? Or no? Okay. You go. No, Sorry. it's okay. No, no. <laughs> now I can't. Is You said something about being creative and um, yes. And it was probably the desire piece, but this is a concept that I've never thought about before hearing this book that these ideas kind of flow around and, and uh, we are all creative and it's whether or not we listen. And that's something you said earlier too. When you sat down and you wrote out your life, you listened and then you created what it was that you listened to, which I think is so huge, like the listening piece and then and then the creation piece. So how does the I am and the vibration and all of that fit into that piece? Mm-hmm. Our creative, what, what we're meant to do or, or whatever people say it differently, I think, but yeah. So I believe that we have our consciousness and our subconscious, right? Or our mm-hmm. unconscious. Some people call it that. So interchangeable. So when we meditate, for example, we open up the space between our consciousness and our unconsciousness. And we're opening that door. So I believe that we cannot live everything that we want unless that door is open. Now, once you've opened the door and you've accessed your unconscious or your subconscious, that I believe is what connects to higher self. That's what connects to the universe. That's what collect connects to collective unconscious. So I can connect my consciousness and my unconscious so that I can become whole. And that connects directly to source energy and source energy or my higher self is where I would hear that voice. So it's, I think so much of it is about breathing and slowing down. Like we are really running around. And if you want to catch the magic, you can't be preoccupied with something else. Hmm. So I think that when you can slow down to access your subconscious is really when you start vibrating from the place that you want. And that allows you to start hearing the voice. And I, I listen to the voice every day. Like every morning, I ask my intuition questions. Like I, I actually have a book. <laughs> I have a stack of them now, but I will, if I die ever and somebody finds those, they're going to be like, wow, what a whack. But I will, write down, <laughs> I, will, I will, but let this be noticed that I wasn't, that I actually had a purpose here, but I write down the question of what it is I want to understand. And then I put my pen down and I breathe and then I wait to hear the answer. And the answer is always, um, positive. It always feels really light. It always has the best of intentions for everybody involved. Many times it's something I never have thought of before. Mm -hmm. And then I write that answer down and then I get clarity. I ask another question and then I ask another question. And so having that, I think can really free you up. I'm going to share a vulnerable one that I just did. Can I share it? Yes, please. So I have been in my life uh, as an adult, as an adult, like in, a, in my 40s, a weightlifter. Uh, I have done the snatch and clean and jerk. I run, won a bronze medal three summers ago in the Pan American Masters. So serious. Yeah. But when my daughter got sick, 
especially over the past six months, I've gained a lot of weight because that was what I found I was doing was like not exercising because I was really pretty overwhelmed or not exercising in the same way with the same intensity. I mean, mostly I'd go down there and cry, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, <laughs> and then I would snack a lot, you know, because it was how I was dealing with it, I think. Mm-hmm. So then she got better. And then I was like, whoa, I don't feel good. Like now I'm not the same weight and I don't feel good and I don't look good. And I know I notice it, you know, and you know, my family's kind. My husband's like, I think you look great. You know? And I'm like, "Mm." so I have tried like over the past six weeks or so, like I'm going to get a hold of this. I'm going to lose some weight. I know how to do it. I'm an expert at it. I've helped literally thousands of people lose weight. So now Hmm. it's my turn, but I haven't been able to do it. And so I asked my intuition, I asked, am I ready to lose weight? And right off I heard no. And I said, why? Like, so this is what I'm writing down. Why? Why aren't I ready? Because my consciousness thinks I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Why? And it said, because changing your diet is stressful on your body and you've had enough stress. Well, that's actually brilliant because that's true. It is Mm. stressful and I've had enough stress. So what should I do instead? What can I do now to feel better? And then I started hearing things like I actually heard you should eat more broccoli, which I don't know why I need to look up what what nutrient is in broccoli that I might be missing. Mm. But I heard you should eat more broccoli. You should take more baths. So I was like, okay, but it was, I I truly feel like that was so right. Like right now I'm not ready. And so if I continued to try, what would I do? I'd beat myself up. I'd feel bad. I'd be like, I'm a loser. I can't do this. So Mm. instead I'm just eating more vegetables and I'm trying to take care of myself in a different way. I take Mm. baths. I shut the door. I tell every animal and human being in my home to leave me alone. And I have an excuse. (laughs) my intuition told me. So it's it's like a prescription basically. (laughs) But that feels so much better. And what happens when you feel better, you vibrate from a different place. You vibrate from a healthy place. And what happens when you do that, like attracts like, and then you bring health to you. Mm. So I just released the worry. And Mm -hmm. so having those conversations about the things that are really bothering you, you know all the answers. You have every answer to everything already in your subconscious, everything. Hmm. And we go to other people or we go to friends, what should I do? But you know, you just, just be quiet and listen. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. It's resonating with me so much. I'm like, I need to write slow down and listen on a sticky note and leave it on my forehead all the time. <laughs> right. I know. And me too. Like I have to constantly be reminded, you know? Yeah. 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 I think I actually tend I probably could be diagnosed with ADHD. I've never gone to anyone. I just know the DSM and I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know I have some characteristics. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's probably, that's one of the hardest things in, that I've had to learn is slowing down and listening. And I just love hearing you talk about it because I think we do need to be reminded over and over how, how powerful it is. But I also am hearing you talk about it in a little bit of a different way than I've ever heard before. So thank you. It's very helpful. Yeah. That's encouraging to me too. So thank you. 
Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So because I can't keep you on here for two hours, I am going to ask you two questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, and the first one is if you could share with us what you feel has been the most vital piece of your growth. I would say um, being honest with myself about where I am. Mm. So a few years ago, I really got honest with the fact that I was really angry. Like with, and I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm the happy person, but I was really angry about things. Angry with my dad, no reason, but just angry. And I realized that my anger was grief right? So my anger was actually grief from my mom. And so when I could actually recognize that I started doing like every kind of healing thing you could do. Mm. (laughs) And it took a while. I mean, it took probably eight or 10 months of really like, this is my focus to release all that. And it was like a magical moment, but being real about where I really am. And I try to do that now. Like, where am I now? Where am I really? Like, not just like, oh, I'm good. I got a podcast. It's good. Where am I really? Where am I really like hung up or struggling? Mm. And I think being honest has had the biggest impact. Yeah, that's huge. Not running away, trying to hide Mm. it like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, Yeah. or trying to shop it away or eat it away or drink it away, right? Totally. Hot potato. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So good. All right. And then number two is, what is it that you want to make sure people know? So walking away from here. They're so powerful. Oh my God. You're so powerful. You have no idea yet. You have not even accessed. I haven't either begun to access how powerful we are. You're powerful enough already with everything that's already inside you to change everything that you don't like, to get a new perspective on anything, everything that you want and anything that you want. So it doesn't have to start tomorrow. It doesn't have to start January 1st. It can start right this moment. If you go, this is different. I feel different. I'm changing the way I look at this. It, automatically, you've changed. Hmm. So you have the power to do that. Yeah. Gosh, that's so huge. Oh, I just love you. And I knew I needed to have you on here. <laughs> you did. Thank you. This was so fun to get to talk to you today. Yes, it was so fun. I'm like, really? Do we not have any time left? (laughs) (laughs) This must just mean that I need to talk to you some other way. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get off here too, I want to let people know, I'll have all of your links in the show notes, but can you just give a brief overview to the listeners of how they can connect with you how they can get to know you, work with you, that kind of information. So my website is just my name because I'm very creative. So it's just <laughs> BetsyPake.com and I'm all over social media at Betsy Paik, but I feel like I spend most of the time on Instagram. So if you find me there, I love the Insta um, yeah. and so you find me there. And then my, my podcast is called The Art of Living Big. And that's really where I share every week things to just make you think differently about your life. And a lot of processes, so real actionable things that you can take to start to move in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. People definitely need to check that out. Okay. And you're loving Instagram, huh? More I'm than like, Facebook? I'm liking the Insta. Yeah, 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 I like it. 
Yeah. Well, I find I get inspired too. And here's, here's a tip. Here's a pro tip. If anybody makes you feel like not enough or that anxiety or like, uh, I just immediately unfollow them. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with me. And maybe I'll be back when I have grown enough to be able to handle and see their success. Mm -hmm. But don't ever feel guilty about that because Instagram isn't a place for you to go to scroll and feel like crap about yourself. It's a place to go to feel inspired and excited and to see somebody doing something or living in a way that you really want to. And that's how you know it's for you. Yes. I love that. I love it. I've been trying. Same goes for Facebook too, I think. And it's okay to snooze somebody or hide them yeah. <laughs> or even unfriend them. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with them. It's true. It mm -hmm. has to do with us. Yeah. I've yeah. had a friend before say, did you unfollow me? And I've, and I said, but it, because you're doing so well, it, it's brought out the insecurities in myself. I'll be back. I appreciate you understanding where I am in my growth. I'm just not there enough. I'm jealous and I'm so happy for you, but it's yeah. making me feel like that stress. So thank you for understanding. Like, I'm just super honest. Yeah. And then they go, oh that. my God, you're great. You know, and then it makes you feel better. You're like, okay, <laughs> just be honest. Let's just be honest. So much easier. It's so true. <laughs> that is, I have appreciated your vulnerability. It's so true though. Because that resolves the issue, right? Because they really know where you are. That's yeah. really uh, real authenticity rather than beating around the bush and not being, trying to come up with an excuse or sugarcoated or whatever. And that never ends well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're all just human. We're all just trying to live, live this human experience. So it's so true. It. <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, I know that we have all gotten so much amazingness from you today. So thank you again so much for being here and for all you're doing to pour into other people and helping them to connect with themselves in such a deeper and more meaningful way. So thank you. Thanks for having me on your fun show. All right. So, so good, right? There were so many awesome nuggets of encouragement and wisdom in this interview. Thank you, Betsy, for also making us laugh. You're a light in this world and we are blessed to be able to learn from your story and the way you conceptualize the world and growth. If you would like to connect with Betsy, you can find her on her website, www.betsypake.com, on Facebook and on Instagram, and those links are in the show notes. I encourage you also to check out her podcast, The Art of Living Big. You'll get refueled and learn so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time. <laughs>